Hey, the Catholic Sportsman Show is on the air tonight. Tonight, it's the first week of August 2020. Still, we're all hibernating in pandemic. How are you? How are, how are you, Randy? I'm good. I'm still sheltering in place, but I'm here in place. <laughs> <laughs> that, that sounds so confining, right? The word yes. sheltering in place. <laughs> How are you, Paul? I'm doing great. Thanks, Jeff. Good to see you guys. Good, good, good. Good to uh, see you, Paul. Yeah. And uh, how are you out there, all of our listeners, to another edition of the Catholic Sportsman Show. Show. Great. Where faith meets sports and our Catholic... Uh, world in our Catholic sports world. So thank you everyone. Tonight, uh, we'll get started here with an opening prayer in a second, but I just wanted to uh, uh, let everyone know what our topic for the evening is tonight. Uh, could either one of you guys jump in on that? Sure. So we're going to talk about uh, addiction in and and chronicling some of the sports athletes' lives and how they met that challenge and and how that uh, impacted their lives and, and changed them for the better to be better people. And uh, yes, we're going to talk about them. Awesome, awesome subject. Uh, we as sports fans ha have grown up with lots of stories, right? With athletes that have fallen out of grace and, uh, and had to... Uh, change their lives and in, in many cases through faith and being introduced to uh, it by others and friends and family. So it's uh, an exceptionally interesting topic. Before we do that, uh, we're going to have an opening prayer and we'll have Randy. And then Randy has a special uh, news alert that he would like to share with us. <laughs> yes, I do. Okay. All right. All right. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Lord, we ask your blessing on tonight's podcast. We ask your blessing upon us, those that are listening. We ask you to calm us down. There's a lot going on in the world today, and we hope and pray that sports is a way to bring us all together and to forget about the problems of the world for a while and to come together as one. We, we ask the intercession of our patron saint of athletes, Saint Sebastian, and our patron of, techn of technology and technical problems, Blessed Carlo Acutis. And we always ask the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Holy Mother, Mother of God, God pray, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. death. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 So what goodies you got for us, Randy? Well, something major happened in the world <laughs> of sports this last week. Boys, 
And me as a Notre Dame fan, I'm particularly sad to announce that King of Football, I mean the King of Notre Dame Football, Regis Philbin, has passed on to the greater life. Um, after years of support to the University of Notre Dame, Regis Philbin was laid to rest this July 29th. He died on the July 24th at his alma mater, the University of Notre Dame. A final tribute to this legendary broadcaster. On Wednesday, the funeral was held at the Basilica of the Sacred Heart with burial following afterward at Cedar Grove Cemetery on Notre Dame campus. He was generous with his time and talent South Bend Center for the homeless and other worthy causes, said the Reverend John Jenkins, Notre Dame's president. Philbin died a month shy of his 89th birthday. Over the, over the course of six decades, he hosted numerous television shows, including most famously Live with Regis and Kathy Lee, and who he co-hosted with Kathy Lee Gifford, and the, the show was renamed to Live with Regis and Kathy when he co-hosted, when the co-hosting duties were taken over by by Kelly Ripa. Um, something people may not know, he was married twice. Um, he was married to his second wife of 50 years and they had one daughter. His first wife, they had a daughter and a son. His son had the spinal cord defect that confined him to a wheelchair. His son worked for the Defense Department and died in 2014 at the age of 49. Mm. And something very personal, I went and saw Jeff, a USC Notre Dame game <laughs> at the at South Bend South at the um, at the university at the stadium there, and we took a tour of the stadium way up and uh, on the top row was this box, big box, <laughs> the suite. It was the Regis Philbin suite <laughs> at South Bend. Oh, so wow, he's, cool. <laughs> he also gave, um, how much money did he give here? He donated $2.5 million to the school in 2001 to create the Regis Philbin Studio Theater on the campus. So I just wanted to say a, a fond farewell and rest in peace to the beloved Regis Philbin. Regis Philbin. Yeah, you know, I I wept a tear, seriously. The other, it was last weekend, I guess, or in the middle of the week when I got the text uh, about him passing. He was just one of my all-time favorite uh, mm. uh, announcers and broadcasters and very, you know, come, came from the old school of broadcasting such a funny guy and such a real person from what I understand he uh his character and his humor on the set there the show and how he treated everyone that's you know is the way he always lived his life yeah and, uh, and I also read he had spent many years donating uh uh 
time, but money to uh, several Catholic um, uh, scholarship foundations to put kids uh, from Catholic schools and give them opportunity to go to, you know, Notre Dame, obviously, but other schools. So right. What a what a great guy. Uh, and, you know, he, he worked up until, uh, I believe, uh, well, when Kel let's see, he, Kelly Rippon, he were on the air. It was only, I would venture to say, he was well over 80 years old, and he was still working on, wow. live on the air. Uh, yeah. What a great guy. Yeah. May the Lord have mercy on his soul and pray for his family. And Yeah. Godspeed, Regis, up there in the broadcast booth in the sky. That's <laughs> Look, right. Looking down on us now. Praise be to God. Fox. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah. So, well, we're losing a lot of them. So we'll just keep right. praying. And let's all move on with our main subject and topic for today. Paul, right. would you like to go ahead and just give us, the, once again, a little quick intro and tell us, uh, you know, what... Get you know, share with us what you found out on this topic of you know, uh, uh, addiction, addiction, yes, right, yeah. So, yeah, we talked about this and talked about some athletes, and one of the athletes, his name Ben Roethlisberger, came up and you know, did some research on his life, and you know, he he struggled or struggles with the uh, you know, porn, pornography, and alcohol. Mm -hmm. and um you know and it's i'm not an athlete but it must be really difficult because you're in the public eye and you have to you know fight this disease you know, known as addiction yeah and um you know the the people who are fighting this it's something they probably have to fight their whole life but it is a disease that they um, there's so many tools out there like AA and Al-Anon for the families of someone who has an addiction. They're just awesome tools. And he, um, he'd gotten married and then he really credited his faith and his wife, his, his wife he met and had three children with to really helping him, you know, get over this hump and, and, and stay, stay sober. Hmm. But when I was thinking about it, you know, remember our, our phrase, noon chepi, you know, and oh, it's, yeah. it's so true for all of us. I mean, whether it's, you know, fighting an addiction or sin, we're all sinners here, right? Mm -hmm. On this call that uh, we have to just, uh, with God's grace, you know, we, we pick ourselves back up and, and keep moving forward. Um, so, like I said, it was very interesting to read about his life and um, all the best. And, uh, you know, is it for remember that it's not like you can just get over it and move on. It's something you have to continually strive for each day. Right. Reminding, you know, praying about it, reminding yourself that, you know, that is your weakness and, and acknowledging it. Because I think, you know, if you put it out of your mind, chances are, I mean, I know in a lot of things like, you know, alcohol addiction, you know, relapse can happen. But once again, I mean, you know, we're only human. Uh, I, I think it's interesting, uh, and it's so uh, so refreshing to hear how, through his growth, personal growth and development, and and probably at his age, uh, after having gone through this incredible early career, especially when he was young, you know, was one of the mm -hmm. youngest. I think 
mm-hmm. even younger than Terry Bradshaw was when he, you know, made it to the Super Bowl and, and beat, they beat the Cardinals. I remember back, mm-hmm. uh, you know, seven, eight, nine years ago, how he was, you know, every off season, there is stories about Ben and, you know, of course there was an accusation of, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he had a sexual relation with someone who, uh, you know, had claimed was that it, it wasn't consensual. Right. Uh, so, you know, and we, you know, we kind of heard about that and isn't, it's not a coincidence that you, the sports media, uh, and, and certainly, uh, just the mainstream sports media always can focus on the, you know, the negative things that are happening, but by golly, they don't necessarily report so much on when they do make recovery, when they do change their life, when they do come out. I mean, you have to, you know, really look for this information. Uh, what do you think? I mean, how, you know, what, what do you guys think about that? Well, I was going to say, that's not what sells papers and what, what keeps the news and the advertisers coming in. Right. It's the falling, not the getting, getting, getting back up. Not picking yourself back up. Yeah. You know, that doesn't know. sell the ads. Right. People right. want to hear about people falling down, right. which is sad. Uh, a sad commentary on, on, on our society today, but right. that's right. the way it is. Right. But yeah. the quiet decision we make each day to the decision to love our spouse or to love our family member or to stay sober, it's a quiet decision made every morning. And, uh, but, it, you know, we can struggle with that, but we, you know, with right. God's grace, we can make that decision. Right. As every, as everything, it's a temptation that's always in front of us, and we just have to fight that. Mm-hmm. I read something this weekend, and it really struck me. It said, in your spiritual life, if you don't have crosses or temptations, you're not growing. And a lot of times, I, you know, like I was, I want, okay, I don't want any problems in my life, so I can just have peace. Well, that's not necessarily what God wants for us, because He always wants us to keep leaning and growing towards Him. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I mean that's a great point. I mean, uh, the journey uh, is fraught with all of these things that are going to call us into maybe. Uh, a life of sin or be drawn by, you know, the devil works is working out there. Uh, Certainly athletes at the highest level have so many things that draw them to, you know, the money, the fame, the fortune, Uh, yet, you know, they're humans. And, you know, often you hear the fall, the story of the fall. Uh, You know, I I think, uh, you know, many other athletes, the one that always pops into my mind that is truly a sad story is uh, Lawrence Taylor uh, and how here probably the greatest linebacker of all time fell and it was uh, through drugs and alcohol and and, and sex. I believe he had, uh, uh, you know, uh, underage relations. And to this day, he's, you know, he kind of fell off the face of the earth, so to speak. But I mean, Mm. God forbid, you know, uh, he doesn't have people praying. And I know, you know, uh, we as fans and Christians and Catholics pray for all of these men uh, Mm -hmm. to turn their lives around. Uh, Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And Jeff, you have some more examples? Yeah. You know, uh, Paul, you took care of the football stories. Mm -hmm. Yeah. so I thought I'd focus on 
the sport or one of the sports that is now going on in light of the pandemic, right? Mm-hmm. Play what? What's that old saying? Play, play ball. Play ball, yeah. And just, I just quickly want to thank uh, all the athletes that have, you know, gone and, and, and hunkered down and Major League Baseball is now in action. Um, so we really have to, I mean, definitely talk about a lot of the, where here's a case, a case study in uh, addiction, uh, which was of more recent times that I just thought uh, after reading about and wanted to discuss. But y'all remember, um, he was a Cal, uh, well, California angel. <laughs> That's <Yeah>. dating me. <laughs> California Boy. <angel>. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. That's, that's Gene Autry days, That's Jeff. Gene Autry, yeah. And then, and then we had the Anaheim Angels, and, and then the, uh, now it's the Los Angeles Angels of, or the, yeah. uh, I don't know, what, in any <laughs> case. Um, you guys all remember the big contract signing of uh, Josh Hamilton, right? Yes. Josh, uh, big, uh, had risen up to a great level of stardom and incredible talent as a Major League Baseball player. Well, as most people know, Josh has had just a very up and down road throughout his whole career, struggling with addiction, uh, alcohol and drug addiction, uh, primarily. Uh, so I did a little bit of research on Josh, and um, I thought he would be somebody good to talk about. Um, just kind of a quick little backgrounder on him. Um, he was... <sighs> And if you remember his physical stature, he is a specimen of an athlete. And he, out of high school, was one of the most highly sought after uh, baseball players. He, he kind of had that label, a sure thing, you know, and that mm-hmm. not too many athletes are labeled that. Uh, he was drafted in 1999 at the uh, number two in Major League Baseball. Um, now, the whole interesting thing about his uh, addictive uh, thing, it, it all started in his days in the minor leagues. So he, unfortunately, uh, had gone through an incredible period of tribulation before he ever even got n- near the major leagues. And a lot of people don't know that, you know, he just, you know, we all think, oh, he just popped onto the scene and boom, he, all of a sudden he's an all-star. But he started getting involved uh, in addiction and primarily alcohol and and, uh, uh, drug use when he was in his first stints as a minor leaguer. He suffered uh, an accident. He was an injury in a car accident uh, back around the year 2000. And uh, so he couldn't play for the team in the minors that he was trying to make, make it through the system. Uh, oh, did I, I don't think I said he was, he was actually drafted by the Tampa Bay Devil Rays. So anyhow, he got into this accident. And so he was uh, in rehab and kind of stuck at home, hanging out with his uh, group of people. And he said he, oh, and he also uh, befriended some people from a local tattoo parlor. And that's where, you know, his, he, he got drawn to maybe people that you know certainly weren't thinking and looking out for his best interest he said that's where he ended up you know getting involved and started with marijuana 
it got involved into alcohol and um, then it, it moved into cocaine addiction. So even before he could really put himself in the ball uh, out in the field and get noticed by these, I mean, in, in, in here he was, here he had been given an opportunity of becoming, you know, uh, one of the most sought after players. He went through some rehab and he had uh, met, he had a friend, uh, an older gentleman that befriended him. And um, during he, while he was still in the minors, it turns out he ended up striking up a relationship with this gentleman in the rehab program, uh, his daughter. And, uh, and then uh, they ended up getting married. So he got married before he actually made it into the big leagues. Um, Sadly to say that it was just a big struggle because he kept going in and out of his addictive mm. ways. He did, uh, he was able to, uh, oh, this is, and this is the best part uh, of the story. And while he was, um, you know, really unable to, to perform on the field and was still into some very addictive behavior, he finally decided he needed help. Um, I think that's, what one of the most important things is right acknowledging right exactly you know, right uh, that you you cannot manage this so of all things he moved in with his grandma mary okay grandma <laughs> mary uh i think it was back in 2004 um thank god for grandma thank god yeah. for grandma right he she said he said grandma mary was challenging him to surrender his life to Jesus. She, she was the one instrumental that got him to start reading the Bible. And through that, he started to understand a bit more about how God's graces could, you know, help him through this. So, um, so he really attributes his first indoctrination in the an opening of faith to Grandma Mary. Thank God, Grandma Mary. Uh, we we know why Grandma Mary's name was Mary, right? <laughs> That's right. That's a good point. Yeah. So so life went on, and he was able to clean himself up. And they said that any when he was not in a, his addictive state, this man was the most incredible baseball player. Immediately, he was seen. Uh, he he ended up getting traded to the from Tampa Bay, uh, or the organization to the Reds, and Cincinnati uh, first uh, pulled him up, and he started to play, um, and I believe he hit like 350 in his first call up. Um, enough that um, it really raised his value. He was then uh, dealt later into the team that he ultimately would become the most successful with was the Texas Rangers. And in the year 2010, so, you know, maybe four or five years after most of his addictions, he ends up winning the 2010 MVP. So he was able to recover. And for that amount of time, uh, his incredible talent was featured. And I don't know, do you guys remember how he was just dominating? And he took the Rangers, by the way, to the, I think they went to one of them, a World Series at that time. Oh, they did? Wow. Yeah, yeah maybe. He was on fire, I guess. Uh, yeah, he was on fire, right? Uh, 
probably had definitely the Lord helping him with that kind of fire. The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. So, you know, and of course, then out of that, he was able to generate uh, uh, a big contract, big time contract. And lo and behold, where did he end up, guys? The California Angels. Yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> Anaheim Angels. Artie, Artie the California. Mar yeah. The California the California Angels of Los Angeles of and Los Anaheim. Angeles. <laughs> yeah. and I, you know, I remember when, uh, and at that time, we had, you know, we, were, we were needing a big superstar. And I remember this signing. He signed for the Angels for four years and about $100 million. Wow. So, Whoa. The good, the, the good side is, is that, you know, he resurrected his career and, and all of the hopes and desires of, you know, teams and scouts and everything that they thought he was going to be uh, started to pan out. Now, guess what happened? When you're given opportunity of success and the money, um, you know, he came to Anaheim. And if you remember, he went through kind of a down period as far as his productivity. A lot of, and actually Artie Moreno uh, got so frustrated with him. He, um, Artie um, basically wasn't too supportive on keeping him around. And he had a lot of flack. A lot of the fans of Anaheim were, you know, criticizing Josh. And, you know, lo and behold, he did, you know, end up falling off the wagon again. Mm. And, uh, he was traded um, from the Angels. And he ended up back in Texas, uh, I think around 2014. Um, so, uh, eventually, and a lot of what really also probably played into his uh, desire to be involved with addictive uh, substances was he had a lot of, ever since that car accident and throughout his career, he had a lot of injuries. Hmm. He had a bad back, he had a bad knee. Ultimately, you know, he played out his career and finally retired, um, uh, somewhere about 2016 um with a bootload of money well yeah that and <laughs> uh um but you know he still um calls um you know praises that his journey you know what's happened and still thanks the lord but you know, and he's he has fallen again since then. So I guess the point is that you know there's not always um uh, a super happy ending and and that just means that you know we you know we need to continue to pray for our friends and athletes and people that still you know can't quite kick the habit um, all of all of us yeah each other yeah, yeah. we're yeah. all part of the body of christ yeah. sure sure can i play a little clip guys i just want you sure. to hear his you know i think it's important to hear from them and hear about their challenges let me uh, pop on this. I see that coming true and I see that happening. And uh, so hopefully I can, by putting this in, you know, my life story in a book can help, uh, help let people know and help inspire them to, to know that, you know, no matter how, how far you go down, there's always a way back, back up. And I imagine just even walking around the city or walking around doing a tour, a book tour, people just do who don't even know you and may not even know how great of a ball player you are, but they do come up to you. you want to talk about your story. And that, you know, I've said it since uh, day one. That's what it's about. Um, you know, 
God allowed me to keep my ability to play baseball for a higher purpose. And, uh, you know, every day, you know, bad practice, whatever, you know, people come down, they don't know if they're going to get to talk to me or not. Uh, they're taking that chance. They're taking, a, I guess you could say, a leap of faith uh, as far as getting getting to talk to me. And, you know, it's one of those things where when I get a chance, then they, they, they get me there and they get to talking to me. I take the opportunity to, to talk about it. Could I have reached people uh, being that clean-cut kid uh, coming out of high school? Uh, probably so. Um, how many more people can I reach having tattoos, having an addiction problem, uh, and been, th been through that? How many more people can identify and say, hey, that guy's actually been through it, uh, and come back and not made excuses and said I made a mistake and is going in the right direction? It's another angle of looking at athletes, right? Yeah. That, you yeah. know, for sure. Of course, you admire what they all did, you know, on the, on the field, but this is takes it to another level for sure. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah. I was thinking, too, it's also, um, you know, baseball or sports figures, especially when you get up into the majors, they're very um, – the kids look up to them as heroes, you know, and there's a lot of pressure that way too mm -hmm. to really be the, the hero that everybody thinks you are, especially a little, a little kid. Um, and I think it's, it would behoove parents to tell their, the kids the story of, you know, the, the good and the bad of, of life and, and, and once you fall, you know, Jesus is there and mom and dad are there to pick you up and brush you off. And 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 there's a thing called confession and, and there's a way back to Jesus. And he gives us one, two, three, a thousand more chances to come back to him. Right. Like he said, no matter how, fall you, how far you've fallen, you know, you can still come back. Right. Right. Yeah. Something that I uh, also, in doing the research on the subject of addiction and, and, and how it relates to our church, I was listening to Patrick Coffin, who at the time was, was still with Catholic Answers. He had a, a great interview with um, a man named Scott Weeman, who Scott has, has been instrumental, and he's an, an, an addict, a former addict in recovery. And he has a whole story of growing up Catholic and going to Catholic uh, college and, you know, getting, getting involved in drinking and stuff. An incredible story that, that a lot of young people should hear. Uh, but he started a program called CatholicInRecovery.com. Mm. Mm. Um, so it's uh, mm. something that our, you know, lay ministers of our church have started. Um, and... Um, you know, he has an incredible story. One thing that they did mention, uh, and, you know, part of, of course, you know, we all have heard or have, if you've had family members involved with addictions, you've heard of the recovery process, uh, the, like, you know, Paul, you mentioned uh, you know, Al-Anon and Alcoholics Anonymous being the most famous was, and, and how it's b based around the notion of the serenity prayer and about one of the things that Patrick and, and Scott talked about was um, uh, the surrendering of power as being like one of the most uh, 
vital things to really get in touch with and get in touch with, you know, an addictive person at first thinks that they have the power to change their lives. And the, the big thing that their, their point was, it's not that power, it's not that control, it's giving the power to God, right? Uh, and, you know, for any of us that even if we've never done, gone through addiction, you know, isn't that what creates breakthroughs in our lives is when we surrender to, to God, let him, you know, guide us. And that, oh, was, for sure. and that was one of the, the big things uh, out of that. The other thing that I thought was interesting is that um, with a Catholic slant, is that the program Alcoholics Anonymous, which was started, you know, I think in the mid 20th century uh, by a gentleman, I don't happen to have his name, but from- Bill, Bill W. Bill okay. W. Yeah, yeah. His, he created the foundation with um, very involved help from uh, Archbishop Fulton Sheen. Uh, mm. So Fult Archbishop Sheen, you know, famous Catholic uh, cardinal evangelist, TV evangelist. Uh, you know, we, I mean, I still love to watch his, his talks. Yeah. He, he was instrumental in drafting and helping him draft the serenity prayer in the scripture uh, that they use there. So I thought that was pretty, pretty interesting. Cool. And I never knew that. So. Um, good. Anyhow, Randy, is there anything else that you wanted to share? Uh, we have about five, well, less than five, about four minutes left on our uh, production uh, camera calendar. No, I just think it's a, a great topic. You know, people fall and like I say, people get back up and, and people sometimes, you know, through friends, or through groups like Al-Anon or AA or, you know, mm -hmm. through baseball buddies or sports uh, colleagues or coaches. You know, Jesus always gives us the, the chance to get back up and brush ourselves off and go back to, to life with him. Amen. Yeah, just like when uh, Peter was walking across the water and Jesus wants us to reach out to him and you know, if we're, we find ourselves in that difficult position, just keep reaching out. Yep. Right. Good. So, hey, I think that maybe it would be uh, very appropriate that we end tonight's show, Paul. Would you like to, um, Paul's got um, a, a, the very famous prayer that we, uh, we've been referring to here and uh, about addiction. Would you like to share that with sure. us? Sure. So it's a very short prayer, but very powerful. And uh, so, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. The serenity prayer. God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Amen. 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 Very good. Very famous prayers that, that addicts in recovery and families with them, you know, share. Awesome, guys. All right. I think uh, uh, great content for tonight, gentlemen. 
Excellent. I think it was a great show. Thank you very much, gentlemen. Okay. Great for all of the people we discussed, Regis Philbin, Lawrence Taylor, right. Ben Roethlisberger. And Josh and Hamilton, Josh Hamilton. And anyone else out there and any families that are, you know, touched with, involved with having recovery issues. I mean, which, ha which touches many and if not most families. Uh, praise be to God. Glory to God. All right, gentlemen. We'll see Good you night. at the next show of the Catholic Catholic Sportsman Catholic. Show. Awesome. Okay, you guys have a good one. I'll see you, Randy. I'll see you, Paul. Bye, Paul. Bye, Jeff. Bye, you guys. Okay, and the next time we come on, maybe we'll have football to talk about.